0: In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Met- Maximize Your Medicare Podcast. While well, the information on this podcast is believed to be correct, you should verify all facts. Nothing in this podcast is to be construed as financial advice. It is not the offer for you to purchase any instrument or or any interest in any financial contract, including but not limited to insurance. The opinions expressed in this podcast are mine and mine alone. They are not affiliated with the Department of Health and Human Services or financial institution. Debacle is the only word that I can find which would describe what is going on with the Veterans Administration health situation veterans of this nation who have served our country are being put onto these lists and being denied service medical service in timely fashion. I think probably what is a surprise, what I found a surprise was the fact that the veterans that I met with after the fact have told me that this is not news at all, but that in fact this is commonly known. Inside maximize your Medicare, I address veterans very specifically, and I want to just review with you today a few points about Medicare and the way that it affects veterans. I think the main thing to remember is that when you become eligible for Medicare Part A, Part B, and Part D, that even the Veterans Administration recommends that veterans, in fact, enroll in Medicare. The Veterans Administration itself points out, and it's a point that I would agree with, which is the fact that the Veterans Administration health benefits is separately funded by the U.S. government, and that the level of funding in the future cannot be assured. It isn't news to veterans that this is the subject of some debate. Even TRICARE for Life has been raised as an issue, which may be subject to administrative change going forward. That, of course, is very alarming to those who have spent their entire life in military service as career military personnel in the sense that one of the best benefits that they would enjoy is TRICARE for Life. That all said, if you go and ask a number of veterans what they have done or how they have handled their Medicare eligibility, you will find the very widest range of answers. Certain veterans have decided to not enroll in Medicare and are happy with the VA facilities as well as the VA prescription benefits. There are a couple of important things to note here. First is that the VA operates very similarly to an HMO to the extent that you would require Required or you need to have a primary care physician at the Veterans Administration who would then serve basically as a quarterback, if that can be used the term here, who would direct you to future services to be conducted by the Veterans Administration. One issue is that emergency care is a very touchy subject. For example, if you require urgent care and require transportation via ambulance, then you would actually need to have pre-authorization for veterans to transport you to a non-VA facility. VA benefits would only provide for ambulatory transportation to a veterans administration facility, not to a private hospital. That, of course, seems highly impractical to the extent that during the time that you would be transported to a hospital, it was pretty hard to imagine the scenario where you would be able to be in a position to first coordinate the transportation through the Veterans Administration to make sure that your Veterans Administration benefits would pay for that transportation to a non-veterans hospital. The second area that I wanted to talk about is about prescriptions. Now certainly the Veterans Administration oftentimes provides generic prescriptions at zero cost to beneficiaries and in, in fact other medications are also very favorably priced even compared to standalone prescription plans under Medicare otherwise known as Medicare Part D. The reason for that is that the Veterans Administration negotiates prices on a separate basis compared to Medicare The Veterans Administration negotiates directly with the pharmaceuticals. The result is that the out-of-pocket expenses used for prescriptions can very frequently be lower when using your veterans' benefits. The flip side to that situation is the fact that sometimes, for example, if you travel, then you may not have access to your prescriptions or you may need a prescription, for example, if you were in another location you would either have to get it from a Veterans Administration location and wouldn't be able to necessarily use a local pharmacy. Some people will find that cumbersome, and as a result, they would want to enroll in a standalone prescription plan or Medicare Part C, which included prescription benefits. The fact of the matter is that for a certain set of people, these veterans benefits while being better under if you use generic medications has become more difficult. For those persons who are type 1 diabetic, they will know and they'll be able to tell you that insulin availability, for example, under the Veterans Administration benefits has become far more difficult. Related to this is and related to the fact that the Veterans Administration benefits is this complicated. There are eight tiers, for example, of Veterans Administration benefits, is the fact that you also can be subject to audit and your level of benefits may change. Now, this is not a very high probability event, clearly, but nevertheless, the situation occurs. In fact, I have a personal or professional client, a gentleman who turned 65 and was informed shortly before then that, in fact, that he would not be eligible to receive prescription benefits due to an audit. And as a result, he enrolled correctly, in my view, for standalone Medicare Part D and avoided the late enrollment penalties. Now that we've breached the subject of the late enrollment penalties, let me just address it very quickly. When you become eligible for Medicare Part A and Part B and Part D, or Medicare Advantage, which is Medicare Part C, your late enrollment penalty period will begin. That means that if you have VA benefits and then you wait until you're 70 years old and then decide to enroll in Medicare, you will be subject to the late and in- applicable late enrollment penalties. Relying on Veterans Administration health benefits does not change the late enrollment penalty process. That means that you'll be subject to late enrollment penalties after the end of the third month following the month that you turn 65. Let's take a quick example. If you turn 65 on January 3rd, then your first date of eligibility is January. You will start to accrue a late enrollment penalty beginning at the end of April. That is when your late enrollment period calculation will begin. Let me just talk about a couple of financial aspects with respect to veterans and Medicare. Let's take the simple example when you have decided to enroll in Medicare but you don't have extra funds or don't see the requirement for any additional coverage. For example, Medicare Advantage or Medigap, you are eligible certainly to enroll in both programs when you turn 65 years old under the open enrollment period or initial coverage election period. Now, some people may say, well, why would I need to do that? I have VA and I have Medicare. A couple of reasons. First is that certain Medicare Advantage plans have no premium and you would may be able to get extra benefits from your Medicare Advantage plan at no additional premium. And some people take advantage of it because there can be discounts on dental or vision. There can also be de- discounts as far as weight loss programs and things of that nature, wellness programs. In addition to that, Certain other persons want to have lower out-of-pocket costs because they want to use their local health care facility, for example, and the out-of-pocket costs can be curtailed under certain programs, certain Medicare Advantage programs. And in most of the Medigap plans, the out-of-pocket costs, for example, under hospitalization are eliminated altogether. It is financial reality that many veterans may be facing financial distress. That is true throughout our society. Veterans are no exception. You may know some that have faced financial distress. If that is the case, that is not necessarily a reason to not enroll in Medicare. And I just want to point out a couple of things. First is the extra help program to help pay for Medicare Part D plans as well as to limit out-of-pocket expenses for prescriptions if you use your local pharmacy. That is a federally funded program and you would be notified by the government or you could certainly apply yourself to see if you qualify for extra help. In addition to that, if you are a veteran and you receive Medicaid, then you can certainly stay with Medicare, Medicaid, and veterans as a configuration. That is all valid. In addition to that, certain individuals would like to have a private insurance company stand between Medicare and Medicaid. They are called Dual Special Needs Programs, DSNP, S-N-P. Those are no premium plans. You would, prob- you would, of course, qual- have qualified for assistance for your Part B premium. And in addition to that, you would have a private insurance company who would coordinate the payments between Medicare and Medicaid. You can know that certain persons, when you qualify for Medicare and Medicaid, sometimes face questions because they get a bill that they don't understand. Now, this is a pretty long podcast today and a fairly long, complicated list of issues that face veterans. And they really highlight the complexity of Veterans Administration benefits and the rights and options that veterans have. Unfortunately, the recent events in Arizona and all of the news surrounding Veterans Administration health care benefits I thought I would use this opportunity to highlight the complexities of the Veterans Administration program and compare it to Medicare. That way you can make your informed choice about whether or not you want to enroll and how to configure yourself when you turn 65 years old. It certainly wouldn't surprise me if you knew someone who was currently a veteran or someone who is a veteran who will turn 65 in the near future. As I was saying earlier, this issue is addressed in the book Maximize Your Medicare. You can see information about the book on MaximizeYourMedicare.com. Thank you very much for listening, and you can subscribe to the Maximize Your Medicare podcast on iTunes.